Hey everybody, uh, Rob here from Foot Traffic Coaching. So I want to talk to you about um, heart rate monitors. Um, now heart rate monitors, uh, probably nothing new to most people, uh, but it's quite interesting when you look back at the, uh, the history of them and um, why they came about. And one thing I want you to take away from this, this little discussion today is there are a few, um, few tips um, around using and looking after your heart rate monitor so you know you can get the most um, the best performance out of them. So the heart rate monitor started, use of the heart rate started back in the 70s, 1970s, and um, they were used in um, you know um, sports physiology settings uh, for quite a long time and um, developed by a, um, a company in Finland um, called Polar, which funnily enough is what we've got on here. And uh, they were popularized through the late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s in particular, um, we started seeing a lot more people using heart rate monitors in training and racing. And uh, you know, when I think back to the early days in the early 90s, uh, watching Hawaii Ironman, I always remember seeing a Finnish athlete called Pauli Kuru, uh, and he had a Polar logo on the front of his race singlet. And he was sort of the, one of the first Ironman athletes that we would really see relying and, and using this heart rate monitor. Um, to help him in his performances. And, and he, he was an amazing athlete. He came second at the Ironman World Championships. Um, and you know he, he relied heavily on the data that heart rate, um, was, heart rate monitor was giving him. Uh, and a little bit further on from there, Mark Allen, who, who won Hawaii Ironman six times, he was well known for using heart rate training in, in his uh, preparation for um, each season. And in particular, it was part of his, his base, tra base phase training where he and his coach, Phil Maffetone, would really focus on him keeping his heart rate below uh, a, a value that they calculated was, um, you know, a, a, a threshold. So stay below that threshold, and Mark Allen would see his performances improve through the course of his base training, up to the point where he would get to his race season and he would, um, you know, have prepared really, really well, have great aerobic fitness, and, and could go on to his key races that year and do very, very well at them. So, you know, as as age group athletes are, we see what the professionals are doing, and we start adopting their their techniques and and um, you know learning from them. So, the age group athletes started using heart rate monitors a lot more, and for a long, long time, we were really just putting them on and seeing a number on our watch, and you know, but not really knowing too much about it, what it means. Um, and then, fortunately, some really smart people would. Um, do a lot of studies around this and start giving some information on how to interpret that data, what to do with it, and how to use it in your training. So here we are now, um, where I would say that probably nearly 100% of the athletes in an, in a, in, in an Ironman um, would be using a heart rate monitor um, in swimming, cycling, and or running. Uh, and it's amazing how well adopted it's become. It's, um, I actually find, uh, of all the variables that we can measure uh, in our sport, you know, you've got power, pace, um, well, power and pace, and heart rate. I think heart rate is probably one of the, probably the most important one, the most valuable one, the most um, easily um, utilized, and um, probably the one that we can get the most information from. Um, and the reason why I say that is because it's actually a true measure of, of the input that you're putting into that activity, that exercise, what it's taking you to move yourself forward at this at this speed, move you move yourself forward at this intensity, at this power, um, it's 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 you looking at how hard your body was working to create that performance, which I think is really really valuable. 
if we look at the end goal and say, well, this is our pace, this is our power, um, there's a lot of variables that can come in to produce that. And if you're thinking about the bike, there's, um, there's resistance, rolling resistance, um, wind resistance. If you're thinking about um, pace on the run, there's hills that can affect that output. But one thing that hasn't changed is your body is working at a certain intensity to create that performance. So it really gives us a nice, clean understanding. The other thing that I really like about heart rate is it's, is it's a true, accurate measure of one thing on your body. It's directly measuring heart rate. Um, a lot of other devices, GPS, power meters, they will take some information, apply a calculation to it, create some sort of estimation and will come away with, with a value. And that relies really heavily on a number of factors being accurate. Um, the GPS, um, ac the accuracy of the GPS connection is really, um, really important. If you're looking at a power meter, the calibration value of that power meter is really important. Um, so there's a lot of room for error, a lot of margin of error in, that, in, in those um, calculations. And that means that the information that you get from that isn't quite, quite right. Um, if you think about running around a track, um, often you'll, you'll see, if you do uh, you know, a couple of loops of an athletics track, you might see that there's a little bit of a shift partway around the curve and you think, well, I didn't run there but the GPS thought you ran there. So there's a level of inaccuracy. Same thing with the bike. You might be riding up a hill and you maybe haven't calibrated your power meter for a long time and the temperature might be a little bit different to what you had previously. Suddenly the power value is, is, um, is, is inaccurate. But yet we come back to the heart rate, it's always staying the same. In saying that, there are some, some things that you need to do to make sure that your heart rate is, uh, is measuring correctly. Um, and I'll take you through those today. So there's two, two main types of heart rates. There's a electrode type, which is the one that most people would know about, where there's just that simple strap, um, contact electrodes on the back side of it, and on the front side we've got a transmitting device. This will transmit in either Bluetooth or Antplus um, signals, and that's quite important to understand. We'll go into that a little bit later on. But the strap itself, uh, is very, very easy to wear, very, very comfortable. Um, the main thing with these is you need to moisten the electrodes a little bit before you put it on, and that just ensures that you get a really good, um, accurate signal straight away. Um, I, I've, I've used this particular one for a long, long time, and it's 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 bulletproof. It's, it's a really, really good device. Um, the other one that we have here is an optical heart rate monitor. And this is um, interesting in that it it measures through light uh, the passage of, uh, of of blood through the blood vessels and the expansion of those blood vessels as well. There's um, there's different levels of uh, how accurate this optical sensor can be, and um, the really really high tech level high level ones uh, can be utilised for determining things such as heart rate variability. Others are just used to determine um, the, the actual pulse pulse rate. And the other type that we have is on the back of the watch is an optical one as well, like we had with the previous one, with the strap, and it just sits on the back of the watch. These are cool, they're okay as a recreational, um, for recreational athletes, are good, um, but it doesn't have the same level of accuracy or reliability as the, the optical um, strap that I showed you or the electrode type. Uh, the electrode type itself is the most accurate and, and they are considered to be pretty close to ECG accuracy. Um, the light sensor one, the optical sensor, 
little bit lower in accuracy than the electrode, um, still highly accurate. The watch sensor, um, like I say, okay for recreational people, but if you're really wanting to use heart rate um, in your training and racing, it's probably not gonna give you the information that you really require. The main reason for that is the watch sits quite loosely on your wrist and it only takes a little bit of movement for some light to infiltrate between the watch and your skin and that signal to be affected. So whilst these do work pretty well in a running or cycling situation, um, if you're swimming, obviously as you put your hand in the water, the watch can lift up and it can get light and underneath so you start getting some false readings. Even on the bike, if you have a knuckle um, on the back of your wrist that can just elevate that watch a little bit, that can, that can also cause some faulty readings. So if you do have one of these and you don't have a strap, you don't want to wear a strap, the thing I would recommend is doing it up one notch tighter than you normally would have and maybe sliding it up your wrist a little bit just to keep it away from, from the back of your wrist bone. Um, but yeah, in, I mean in terms of creating a number and having an understanding of what your heart rate is, this will still work pretty well. Um, there's a couple of things that I, I always tell people to do when they um, use their heart rate monitors, just, just to make sure that you get the most out of its performance. And, and one of the big things is, um, <coughs> while this, this is the electrode type obviously, while this sensor is connected to the strap, it's sending a signal, sending a Bluetooth or, a, or an amp plus signal. That signal will keep sending, assuming that there's a device at the other end of it receiving that signal. Um, now, if this is, if you've done your workout, you hang your strap up um, in the garage or somewhere to dry out, you don't disconnect that, that um, transmitter, it's sending that signal constantly until you pick it up again, turn your watch back on and carry on with the exercise. So you can imagine the battery drain on these can be quite high. So, uh, and that's often why people say, oh, I run out, my battery's on my heart rate monitor running out so quickly, something wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with your heart rate monitor, it's just that you need to disconnect the transmitter and just have it that way and now it's not sending a signal um, good thing to do with these ones uh, when you do disconnect it maybe once a week is just, just to give it a clean um, so I don't wash these in the machine obviously I don't really want to have this um, spinning around and getting torn apart in a washing machine so I hand wash it just with um, some soap, warm soapy water, just give it a nice hand, hand wash because you can imagine the amount of sweat that builds up in these things, it can just get absolutely feral. So give it a nice clean, rinse it out, leave it out to dry, don't wring it out, just, just let it to hang and it'll dry on its own. Um, and just <clears throat> with a soft cloth, just clean around the terminals just to make sure there's no um, build up of any materials around there. Um, and then on the transmitting device, similar sort of thing, I'll just clean the moisture away from I don't don't put this in it can go in water but I don't purposely put it in water clean around the um, <coughs> electrode area with the soft cloth and also you can if you wanted to you can take off the battery cover and then just with the soft cloth cleaning around carefully around the inside of the um, the battery cover just being careful not to touch the terminals and the unit itself because that can damage um, the, the the device and um, yeah, it's and that's sort of a weekly thing. It's a good thing. Good thing to do. Look after your equipment, especially when they when they do cost you a few bucks. The um, <coughs> the optical type that so I should have mentioned earlier. This is the Polar Verity Sense. So with this one here, um, when you finish it, you just make sure you turn turn it off so the lights aren't on. That'll save the battery. 
There's no key cell battery in this, a coin cell battery. It actually sits on a uh, USB charger, clips into there, plugs into USB port. Um, doesn't last quite as long as the, the electrode type with the, um, with the coin cell battery, but um, I find I charge this up probably every two or three weeks, and it's absolutely fine. Um, with the strap, again, similar sort of thing. I don't want to put this through the washing machine, but um, you know, I do want to keep, keep it fairly clean. Um, you know, it's, it's on, if it's on a sweaty arm, it can get a little bit, bit manky. So um, again, I'll just do a similar sort of thing, just a soft, um, warm soapy water, soft cloth, give it a nice tidy up. Sometimes you can get a little bit of sweat, dried sweat and salt residue built up around the, um, the adjustment aspect of it, part of it, and I'll just dip that in vinegar um, and just let that salt dissolve a little bit and just give it a bit of a clean up. And that works absolutely fine. The other thing I like about this, this very sense device, and that's a question that comes to me a lot, is should I be using heart rate while I'm swimming? Um, and short answer is you don't really need to. Um, swimming's, swimming's a little bit different in terms of running and cycling. That it just, it just doesn't have the same, heart rate doesn't have the same usefulness. But if you did want to use your heart rate monitor when swimming, I wouldn't recommend the watches being super accurate. Obviously, as I mentioned before, you can get light infiltrating underneath underneath the watch. The electrode strap, I mean, you can use it, but you look like a little bit of a noob with a um, heart rate monitor strap on when you're at the pool, but that's all right, it's your gig. Um, this will work fine, but again, when you push off from the wall, the, the strap itself can lift it off your body, so you, you kind of have to wonder, is that is that um, heart rate transmission going to be accurate? And um, and even um, some Bluetooth or AMP Plus devices may not transmit underwater particularly accurately, So or AMP Plus devices in particular, so it may not even work that well anyway. But with the this Verity Sense device, the great thing I love about this is it's got a little clip which clips onto your goggles and it just sits on the side of your head and it will just measure your pulse really, really accurately off the side of your head, which is pretty cool. Um, and this is a great one because it um, you don't have to have it connected to your watch to record. So you, you uh, clip it to your, um, turn it on, clip it to your goggles, put your goggles on, jump in the pool and swim. And in the app, you can actually preset the distance of the of the pool itself, and um, it'll record distance as well as heart rate and time. So when you finish your session, you uh, it records directly to the device. You upload it to your phone, and there's all the information you need. So this is, this now has given us heart rate training and swimming um, a lot. It's made it a lot more accessible and it's a lot more useful. So I'm actually beginning now to use heart rate monitor when I'm swimming, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't use this when I'm racing because I don't really want it to be on the side of my goggles and then have to take it off, fiddle around, put it onto my armband and then go off on the bike uh, and I don't want to risk losing it. In, in a race I'll still use the electrode type, fit it under my wet, under my tri suit, under my wetsuit and, um, and that's on for the, for the whole day. Um, and yeah beyond that I think, I think for most people um, it's, the important thing is to understand what the heart rate means to you. So you could be running along the road or cycling along the road with, with a friend of yours and um, chatting away, happily chatting away, and one person's heart rate is at 115, the other person's heart rate is 130. Um, is one of you working harder than the other? I 
don't really know. It's it, that number is is important to you, but it's not really important to anybody else. So, um, so that in itself isn't much help. So what you do need to do is is go away and do some um, some exercises or some some tests to determine what is your heart rate over a given period of time, and we'll, we'll say that as a um, as a maximum effort time trial. What is your average heart rate from that? And if it's of a of a duration that you can you can assume is um, the most you can handle um, for a given period of time, then you can take that average heart rate and input it into the heart rate calculator on the foot traffic website, and that will give you a bunch of heart rate zones and um, anything from a recovery to an aerobic zone, tempo zone, threshold, and an anaerobic zone. So that now you start getting um, an understanding of okay between these two numbers is considered a recovery workout between these two numbers is an aerobic workout and so on and that way when you're running or riding along and you do look at your watch and you think okay I'm at 120 beats I know that my upper end of my recovery zone is 125 I'm in my recovery state um, that's absolutely fine if you go out for a workout and um, the intention is to stick into an aerobic zone let's say it's maximum of 140 beats and you're racing your mate down the road and you're doing 155 or 160 beats then clearly you're working out of zone and um, that's an effective, an effective training so it starts giving you a, a good amount of information to help guide your own training and the other the other useful thing is when you come to a race is because you've used your heart rate monitor through training you know what certain values feel like and then you can compare in a race. Okay, my heart rate's saying one thing, but I'm feeling something totally different. How's my fueling going? What's my pace strategy like? How far into the race have I been? All these other things. So it does help you guide your way through the races as well. Um, and I think, I think for most people, that's that's pretty much where heart rate training needs to go. It doesn't need you don't need to get too much more um, high tech than that. Um, most age group athletes will do very, very well on heart rates as long as they understand their zones and um, understand what each zone means to your training. And from there, um, you can start building upon um, your, your training as, as weeks and months go by with that information in hand. The great thing to do is to come back, um, let's say every three or four months and to retest yourself with that same workout that you did to, to measure your initial heart rate zones. Um, let's say it was a bike or a run session and just compare what your pace was to the same heart rate that you were four months earlier and um, when you see that you've kept the same effort but you've gone faster then that's a sign that um, that you've made an improvement in, in your performance likewise on the bike if you've kept the same heart rate but your power number has increased that's a sign that you've improved your performance so that's basically how how I would look at going about using heart rate training in, in the age group athlete um, it's and, and the heart rate on its own is useful, but if you have got other information to provide with it, then it makes that picture really, really clear. So um, I, I often, my athletes will know, I often get frustrated with them if they um, upload a, a bike file and all they've got is power and no heart rate. And I'm like, well, how hard were you working to create that power? Uh, without that heart rate information, I don't actually know much. It doesn't, it doesn't give me a clear picture. Likewise with the run. Okay, you ran around four minute k's, but actually, how hard were you working to do that four minute k's? Um, without that information, it, it just doesn't give us much. So, um, it's it, it is really important to understand that as much information as we can get to put into a picture, 
um, you'll get more and more um, understanding of that and that helps us guide for further down the path. And um, one last thing I'll say is there's no, there's, if, if, if in doubt, if something isn't working right and if you know the numbers aren't accurate, then there's nothing worse than um, no information is the wrong information. So if you do go out the door and you look at heart rate monitoring and you think something's not working right, I know that either my battery's running flat and the value it's giving me isn't accurate or for whatever reason it's just not happening today, take that heart rate monitor off, leave it behind and just run on field. Because what we don't want is to have you upload it to, um, to your training, um, training file application and for us to see that the heart rate that was produced was inaccurate um, and that, that's even worse than not even having it there at all. So when in doubt, if it doesn't look right, just go without. Cool. <laughs>